Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Brother-Sister Show. I am Anthony, and I'm joined here with my sister, Livia. Um, I'm going to introduce you, Livia. Okay. That is that is her. We are siblings. <laughs> we... Introduction done. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No. Uh, if this is your first time, thank you, first of all. But together, we, we talk about movies, Livia and I, and we, we kind of have a movie club where every week... We rotate who picks the movie. Sometimes it's you guys, but this time it was Livia, sadly. <sighs> she picked a good one, though. Today we're going to be talking about The Old Guard. But before that, what's up, Livia? What's new? Not much. I haven't, I don't really watch anything nowadays. Um, just YouTube. <laughs> There's yeah. so much YouTube drama going on, so I just watch a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to get furniture for when I move. And it's been kind of difficult (laughs) because today I went to get, I tried to get a couch or I tried to at least look and I wanted to get a deal. Like I wanted to see if I can get, I don't know, something free or at least like a lower price. But the guy that I was talking to just was not having it. He just, he did not want to be helping me because I think he could tell after a certain point that I wasn't going to buy anything today. No. So, yeah, so I'm like, I also, I don't know, maybe maybe people can kind of confirm or deny this for me, but when I go and buy anything or when I when I go to like a car place or a place where I have to make a big purchase because I'm young and maybe because I'm a woman, I don't know, but I think it's for sure because I'm young. They just think that I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Or I just don't know, like, anything, you know? (laughs) So, I don't know. I just... I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out, like, what to buy, where to buy, if I should just spend a bunch of money on a couch, if I should kind of do the Ikea route. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Being an adult is hard, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. So, <laughs> it, are you going for like a sectional? You get what? What are you going for? Um, I I really did want like an L shaped sectional, and okay. I think I, I think that's what I'm going for. So I, I found one on Living Spaces that I think I'm just going to eventually just buy online. And I don't know it. it my, I sent it. To, I sent a picture of it to one of my friends, and I was like, "Yeah, this is kind of the couch I want. I don't know if I should get it. I, I don't know. I was just trying to ask her like her experience with living spaces, and she was like, "I think that's my couch," <laughs> <laughs> and she likes it. So I think I'm just going to go ahead and pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll just order it online, and they'll ship it to me. Like, I, I wanted to try to you know sit on it and see if it's comfortable, but whatever. I'll just go with it. Oh, I thought you meant sit on it as in, like, just mull oh, it over. <laughs> like, mull it. No, no, I actually literally want to go and sit on it. Because <laughs> there's this, there's some couches that are so pretty. There was this one I was in love with that's like an emerald green. I've been, my friends probably know exactly what I'm talking about because I've been, like, showing it to everybody. But it looks like it's made of wood. <laughs> like it does not well, look comfortable yeah. at all. But it's so pretty. But it's okay. I'm just going to go with this living spaces one. <laughs> I don't want to shop around. <laughs> and it's interesting too because what the when another thing about buying furniture now, I, maybe it's because I'm young and I look stupid and I don't like I look like I don't know what I'm talking about, but 
I think another part of it, what she was telling me is that people are scared there's going to be another lockdown. So they're trying to buy all the furniture they can now. And I think that's just making it more difficult for, um, for me to try to get a deal or to try to like find a sale because their inventory is already so like bare, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. But enough furniture talk. Oh, I do have one shout out. For two of our listeners, they're actually getting married today. <laughs> Ooh, today? My, yeah. <laughs> My good friend, Anna, and friend of the show and friend of me, Brian, they're getting married today. Congrats. And I wanted to just shout it out. It's a very exciting thing to happen during a, a weird time. So I just want to like take a moment to say congrats, guys, and I love y'all both very much. And that's all that's happening with me. <laughs> that's all that's happening with me is my friends are getting married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, half of the news is not even yours. Mm-mm. That's fun. My friend's getting married and I'm trying to figure out a couch purchase. <laughs> Teach their own. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will, I'm happy to say that Kayla and I have found sheets. Oh, and it's, thank God. And it's not because... We were we were being too picky. It's just because they didn't have any, like you were saying. That doesn't make any sense. Who doesn't have sheets? I'm. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Would they target IKEA? I told you last time. We there were just no sheets. Um, well, first of all, don't buy with, sheets from IKEA. That's okay. mistake number one. Whatever. That, well, they didn't have any. They have King, Twin, Twin XL. No queen everywhere we went. I don't know if it's because of everything going on, but we found some at Target and Opal House. Uh, I don't know. Probably, though. Probably. So nice. I'm curious about. So this is have you all have you talked about this a lot? Like you and Kayla moving in together? Or do you care uh, to talk about it? Uh, like, what do you mean? Talk about it? Like, have I talked I'm- to Kayla about it? Like, did she know? <laughs> Or on air? <laughs> on air, because I um, I have a couple of questions. Because I just, I know, I don't, I know Kayla quite a bit, but I know you a lot. And so I'm just curious how, who makes the decisions in these purchases? How I imagine it happening is that Kayla's like, I want this. And you're like, sure. Um, It eventually gets to that point. I, I'm, I say no a lot. I'm like, eh. <laughs> Do you really? I don't know. I do. Oh, okay. I, I did not know. I would not guess that. Yeah, I mean, it might be. It might have been me picky with the sheets. Um, I don't know. We, a lot of the things, we we spent a lot of time on, like the because we got a couch on Amazon, which is, which will be interesting. I've never. I don't know how I trust furniture on Amazon, but it looks nice. It's a nice. Uh, did you buy shaped sectional? Did you buy it on our Amazon? Like, can I see it? No, I believe it's getting shipped to Kayla's because I have a lot of stuff. I have another thing we did yesterday was we stained the Ikea dresser that I have that I built like junior year of high school. A long time ago. It looks very nice. It looks very, very well. 
I think I think we did a really good job. As long as you don't look on the inside, because we didn't want to stain that, because there's no point. You could always fine. line that with something. Maybe that would be nice too. Uh, we just got to get some more knobs because we were we got some golden ones from IKEA, and they look nice. And we want to finish the rest of them with that. But yeah, it's a lot of. I don't. I say a lot. I say no a lot. Because Kayla likes a lot of things, and I'm just, I'm more picky than she is. What is y'all's aesthetic, do you think? Uh, I don't know. I would say more of a modern, I guess. I don't know, this this dresser kind of looks more, like, rustic. Just because it's, it's dark, but it, it was, like, stained on a lighter wood, so it's... You know, it's got that kind of rustic feel, especially with the gold, I think. I wonder if it'd be if it would be interesting to people if we update on this, because we're in a very I didn't realize this to like right at this moment that me and you are in a very um, similar stage of moving and making a new home. Because mm-hmm. I've I mean, I've you've been to my apartment. It's kind of it. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like as a military child, it's hard to make, it's hard to feel like you can make a place your home because you're, because for my, um, in my mind, this place has always been like, I'm not going to end up here for a long time. So it's hard to be like, okay, well, I'm going to get a bunch of decor. I'm going to hang some stuff up. Because I'm like, well, I'm just going to take it down in a few years anyways. And even though even though it'll be like three years from now or something, I'm still like, yeah, but in three years I have to take this down. So what's the point of putting it up? Wow, that's so interesting because I feel the exact same way. And I think that's why I say no a lot because I'm like, yeah, well, do we really need this? I'm just going to we're just going to pack it up and move again. And it's funny that this is it's like really, really funny because. I'm going through my clothes and I just got rid of so much because I just, I hate moving. I hate oh moving God. stuff and I just hate having stuff. <laughs> it's just, why do I have this? Dude, when I found this apartment and it has an island, so I get, I get to get rid of this dining table. I was so fucking happy. And <laughs> I, there's, that's the same too. I was talking to mom the other day and I was like, yeah, I think I'm just going to go through every room and get rid of like so much shit. Because I yeah. want to start like a new, I because I'm buying new furniture. I'm keeping some stuff, but I don't know. I I I've, I think I've committed myself to making this place an actual like home and making it mine. And I want to DIY like how y'all are staining stuff. I want to DIY so much stuff that I have. I think it's so fun to go to thrift stores. I feel like Caleb might feel the same way too. Like to go to thrift stores and to find stuff where you're like. That has potential, but I need to do this and this. I don't. It's just so exciting to me, and I've never. It's so weird that I've never allowed myself to have that, and I think that's what it is. Now talking to you, yeah, I think it's just that mentality. Because when you grow up, and I mean, granted, we did live in San Antonio for like twelve, like a long time. Our family's been there, but whenever we're like forming our idea of the world, every four years we would move, so it's hard to like keep attached to places, you know? Yeah, that's so interesting. I I got to explain that to Kayla because I think she just thinks I hate things. Same with Sebastian. I think I've kind of explained it to Sebastian a little bit because I've, I, I'm older than you, so I think I've learned this a little bit later, but 
yeah, I just, my, I told, I tell them all the time, like, I don't have attachment to things. I, it's so yeah. easy for me to just get rid of stuff. But for Sebastian, he has, he has like, I think just not like the right mentality, but just a different mentality where certain things have like, um, they have like a certain sentimental value to him, you know? And I'm like, well, I've, there's, I've never really had that. I don't know. It's a little bit different because he also moved around a lot when he was a kid. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I've just, I'm connecting the pieces. Like it all makes so much sense now. Why I just don't, I don't like things. You know what I thought of the other, when I, I was at Ross right now, like just before this call and I, I wanted to get this one little like, ottoman or i was like looking at some of the furniture and i was like oh but when i move again it's gonna be such a hassle to like like there's some furniture where i'll see it and i'm like oh that's gonna be so heavy when i move again and i'm like wait why am i <laughs> thinking that it's so strange yeah it's it's weird because i was like i was like why are we getting stuff when we're just gonna move that's just my mentality yeah i, just, I know we're not gonna be in this apartment forever like I don't, I don't want to stay in College Station. It's boring. <laughs> so yeah. why not wait to get better furniture? But I mean, it, we're still going to be there for longer than three months, which is a dorm. Uh, man, I brought so much stuff to the dorm. I hate, I hated that. I would just <laughs> sit after like a long day. I'd just be like, man, why did I bring so much stuff? I hate all of this. Yeah, that's what I that was a mistake I made. And then my last year or I think my last semester there, I didn't put any decorations up. Like I would I was an RA, so I got to go into like a bunch of different rooms and I saw all the sets the setups they had and it was just so like pretty and it was so personable. Like the stuff that they had in mine was just fucking empty. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I had was uh my last three semesters. I, the only decoration I had was the first semester. I just took it all back home winter break because I didn't want it. <laughs> I think is, the only thing. Sorry, go on. Uh, the only thing I had was a little score scoreboard, like on a, a, a white sheet of paper. And we just taped it of who would win in smash. And it was like a five bucks <laughs> at the end of the semester. Oh my God. Well, I'm, well, I think as somebody who, I mean, I, I, this is the second time I've moved, so I don't want to act like I know everything, but I I think that you're still not, I think your mentality of like not wanting to go too deep into, you know, like not wanting to get too much stuff, I think that is still right because like you said, this place is still, it's going, it's like a, it's like a, a stepping stone. It's not the like finishing and, and plus, even it's going to be like a probably a short stepping stone, like maybe a year or two. So maybe it's good to make that place feel like home. Like this place, I'll talk shit about it, but it, it does feel like some sort of home. But now that I like know I'm moving, I'm so ready to just get out of here. Um, but yeah. now that at least speaking on somebody that now I can afford a better place and that's why I'm moving. Um, this feels a little bit more permanent than the place I am currently. Does that make sense? Like. This place yeah, I have, the place that I'm currently in, I have a lot of like hand-me-downs and I mean, stuff that I love. Like I lo- I do love this dining table and I do, I don't love the couch. I fucking hate the couch, but like <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that was given to me by people that care about me. So that's, what's nice is that I get to like have the, these things, but then now I get to like pass on this dining table. I get to give to somebody else that is living 
in a place, you know, that's living in a place that they don't want to stay at. Or I don't know. I just get to like be that person to help other people. And except for the couch, the couch is going straight to the dump. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully this is interesting to people, but, um, I, I want to update people on this because it'll be interesting. I think to see, at the very least, I know Kayla will be interested in your progress or in both of ours, both of ours. I am also, I'm interested to see what couch you got because I do think like buying a couch isn't like an Ikea or an Amazon couch is, is a stepping stone as well. Like once you go to rooms to go or like all these places that are like actual furniture stores, that's when you are an adult adult. And I'm not even at that point yet. So. Yeah. Once, once a, uh, a couch is more expensive than a, a Nintendo switch, that's when I've made it, you know? Oh, that your couch wasn't even more than that. Uh, it might have been like same seventy price. bucks, but <laughs> I could have bought a switch and a game with it. <laughs> that's still that's like a, a decent amount to pay for like a, a starter couch. That's not. Bad. Oh yeah, I mean it's probably the besides like just finding a couch on the side of the road or going to like Habitat for Humanity. That's <laughs> yeah. I think. I, I'm one step above y'all because I'm going to go to Living Spaces, which is an actual furniture store, but it's probably like double the amount that y'all are paying. But it's not it's not the one of the couches that he, the guy showed me that was like eleven hundred dollars. <laughs> as soon as he showed it to me, I just I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm paying eleven hundred dollars for a fucking couch. It's almost my rent. keep on moving. Keep on moving. Yeah. All right. Well, how sorry, we just went on like a 10 minute tangent about furniture and moving. But um. How are you doing other than moving and getting that ready? What's going I'm on? I'm doing well. Um, let me start with not the elephant in the room because I don't think anyone knows or probably doesn't care, but we're coming up on our one year anniversary coming up very, very soon as in a week from recording. We're recording mm-hmm. on the 19th of July, 2020. And our one year anniversary is when we release the monumental piece of media Stuber, <laughs> the, on the 25th of July. So mm-hmm. I have something excited. I have a movie that we, I think will fit well for the one year, but oh, I don't know if you guys will be able to tell this, but I have a new mic. Thanks to the lovely Kayla. She, Thought it would be the right step to to step up the production of this this little thing that we do by getting us uh, getting me a, a nicer mic and and Livia will get one as well. Not we from should, Kayla, but we you should know. give her a title now. Yeah, yeah, she's gonna. Yeah, she's producer. She pr- producer. Yeah, definitely. At least for this episode. No. I'm kidding. <laughs> Well, that's we'll what producers do. I mean, we can just give anybody a label that we want. Kayla, you're a producer. There you go. You're she did cool. give us our very first piece of uh, fan art. We should probably <laughs> post that somewhere. Oh, you did. Do we? I can post it again, but it's on our page. Yeah, maybe it could be in the post, like, and a special thanks to our producer. I don't know. On our it's Instagram, really awesome. At Brother Sister Show. Yes, on Twitter at Bros's show. Sorry, gone. But yeah, it's super exciting. Uh, I was showing Olivia the the little 
bells and whistles of this new mic. It's super cool. Use it for anything, really. <laughs> but it's awesome. But um, as far as what I watched, I don't know why I watched Deadpool, the first one. <laughs> I just had to. One of those things where I was just because we got a new Hulu TV subscription thing. Mm-hmm. I was just going through it and I saw Deadpool. I was like, why not? I liked it. It's funny. I watched that and then I watched Palm Springs, which you have a fun fact about. I don't know if you want to tell that one or if you have, if you want to hold that. Oh, I did I not say it last time or did I say it off the air? I think that was off air. Off pod. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's probably one of my favorite. It's probably one of the reasons that Andy Samberg is one of my favorite people of all time. So um, Palm Springs, it <laughs> seems like it was like five years ago, but in January, it premiered at Sundance. And for people that don't really know much about um, film festivals, they're mainly to show films. So they're to show films, obviously, but... Um, a lot of the people that attend are actually people from studios that go ahead and buy the movies to distribute them. Because at that point, whenever it goes to a festival, sometimes they're already attached to a studio like Netflix or Amazon or Paramount, like whatever studio. But for the most part, they're just like an independent film um, that doesn't have any sort of like company attached to it. But this one, everybody loved it so much that it was like in a bidding war with a bunch of places. And Hulu uh, approached them, Hulu and Neon, I think. They approached Andy Samberg, and I think it's the Lonely Island produced it, right? Or no? Yeah, it's a Lonely Island production. Sorry, that water. (laughs) I was in the middle of taking a drink, and I was like, I need to to finish this now. You could hear that audio. It's... it sounded like you had water in your mouth and you like just spoke <laughs> with oh it. no i i was i had tilted the the water bottle back and then i brought it forward too fast that you could hear the wave sorry that <laughs> that shook me um <clears throat> anyway so hulu and neon they approached the lonely island with an offer i don't remember what it was i'm gonna say like it was like one point 75 million is what I'll say. I don't think that's the actual number. But they approached them and said, like, we want to buy it for actually, let's say 11, 11.5 million dollars, which is um, which tied the record for the highest amount bought, like the highest amount that a movie was bought at Sundance. But the Lonely Island, they wanted to beat that. They wanted to have they wanted to have the movie that had the highest um, amount that it was bought for. They didn't want to tie. So they countered and neon and Hulu obviously accepted and <laughs> they have, so they do hold the record for the highest amount that a movie was bought for at Sundance. And it's like 11.5 million and 69 cents. So they have it by 69 cents. <laughs> That's so perfect. Honestly. So good. I wish I had the actual number, but yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't remember what the first movie was like what the one that, the one that it beat the record, I don't remember what it was, but um, well, it doesn't hold the record, therefore it doesn't anymore. matter. Did, was it worth that sixty nine cents? Oh yeah, it was. It was. Do you know the premise of the movie? 
No, so I haven't watched any trailer. I don't know anything about it because I wanted I thought you were going to pick it for next time. So I didn't no. watch it. No, one year anniversary. We got to pick. We got to pick. A, I have a, I have a good movie. But I think it, I do know that it's like the only thing I know, it's kind of like Groundhog Day. Yeah. I mean, that's all you kind of really need to know. It's it gets pretty dark. It's really funny. And it's just a good time. I really liked it. I want to revisit it like in a month or two. It, it felt. I don't know why it felt like it felt like a good movie for the quarantine, the pandemic we're in. Hmm. Maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe it'll be on another episode. But I would, I, yeah, I would like to. I haven't seen it, so. I loved it. I watched, I watched it like, if not the same day as last time we recorded, the day after. I watched it pretty, pretty quickly. Um, And then the last one was with Kayla. We went to the drive-in, which was really nice. Because there wasn't that many people. They, the the one that we went to, they, it, it's just like a parking lot, right? Where they like just divide the, the area into where you park your car. But because of COVID, they marked every other one with red dots and you can only park on them. So it was really nice because the way that they did it and the way that they should, that should always be like that is you it like staggered so you had everyone had like a good view of the screen because of that staggering it was awesome and we saw raiders of the lost ark which is longer than what i what i remember but it was it was good good movie every time dad brings this movie up or just indiana jones (laughs) i can feel the disappointment in his like voice or see in his face when I tell him that the only one, the only Indiana Jones movie I've ever seen is the crystal skull one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not on purpose. Like I, it's not like I'm avoiding them. I just, I, I've never, I don't know. I've just never had like the urge to watch any of them. Yeah. I, it was like early in Kayla and I's relationship where I, we were just talking and she had, we had discovered that I had never seen any of them, any of besides besides the Crystal Skull. <laughs> I think it came out around my birthday, and we were just like, "Let's go see it." So she was like, "Yeah, you gotta you gotta watch them." And they were, I would have probably preferred to see Iron Man because they were also showing that, but mm. Indiana Jones is good. Well, I don't know why the the this the Iron Man movie specifically when he goes back to that village where he was captured mm-hmm. to like save those people with his suit like the one he builds like mark one yeah or i guess mark two because the first one is the janky one but that when he's when he's like facing the tank that's iconic man <laughs> iconic and uh yeah, i think that's it that's all i watched I'm winding down the internship, so I only got two weeks left. Wild. Very wild. So, it's been fun. Um, I don't think we have any movie news besides I man. I really think Henry Cavill listened to the episode <laughs> and 
And he was like, oh, you don't know how to build a PC? Let me show the world. I almost sent that tweet to you, but I I forgot. <laughs> Did you watch any of it? No, because I, I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about a PC and I, I don't really care about him, honestly. Good for him, I, just, I guess. I don't know. I just thought it was really, really funny. I saw I saw a lot of memes about it. Like I saw this one tweet that was like, well, you think Henry Cavill's hot? Look at that. It was like, look at that cord placement or that cord. Um, oh, <laughs> cable management. Yeah, cable management. That's what it was. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and I didn't I was like looking through the photos and I had no idea what they're talking about. Like on the inside. I guess I didn't I didn't really watch it. I oh, just you're a little bitch boy that didn't even make his own. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't even understand. Hmm. That's the only thing I got. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, we don't have to get into that stuff. <laughs> COVID is too is too much. Going back to school is too much. Oof. Yeah, we don't want me. We don't want me to get started on that because I'll go forever. I just saw a quote and it just made me cry. It made me cry, but I was just like, man, I don't get it. I really don't. Hmm. Let me say it. Yeah. It was on Twitter. I saw it on trending. It was like so-and-so. I don't I don't know who exactly said it, but said that science isn't getting in the way of going oh back to school. <laughs> I saw that and I was just like, man, what? You said, let's not let science get in the way. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay. Wild. Let's not let the CDC decide. Well, then what the fuck do you want them to do? <laughs> That's literally their jobs. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, let's not, <laughs> yeah, let's not get into it. Ugh, wear a mask. Don't be an idiot. Truly, if you, do, if you refuse, like, honestly, this is this is going to sound like a controversial take, but I'm 100% serious when I say if you refuse to wear a mask and you continue to refuse to wear masks, then turn this off. Don't I don't want anybody that refuses to wear masks to listen to this podcast. And I'm deadly serious when i say that and that's it but go, but go tell someone else about our podcast yeah somebody that's not a fucking moron that will wear their mask <laughs> like it's, it's not hard it like the other day i tweeted this and i'm gonna say it again because <laughs> I, I i see these videos where people are like i can't like I, like if i wear it i'm like how am i gonna breathe <sighs> okay so one of my friends had to drop something off or she she great graciously gave me a bunch of boxes so that I can use them when I move. And outside every Monday is when our landscaping people at my apartment come and they like have the full force of everything. They have leaf blowers, they have lawnmowers, they have all the shit that you need. And they were like in the area that I live in <laughs> when she came. So it was so fucking loud. They were blowing everything. My allergies were acting up. But I needed I wanted to like talk to her for a little bit. So we were standing outside distance from each other, wearing our masks and talking to each other. I could still perfectly hear her. I could breathe just fine. Like there is literally no excuse to not wear a mask. And these people that are continuing to stop, like not do it, that are saying that it's a whatever they're saying. What what are they saying? It's like uh it's a violation of their rights. They're fucking idiots and they just like they just don't know how to breathe, maybe? I don't know. It's like it's so, so fucking easy. It's so easy. And I'm so serious when I say that if you do, if you refuse to wear a mask to this day, then do not listen. I do not want your ears to hear my voice. Because <laughs> you don't deserve it. All right. That's it. <laughs>
This episode is sponsored by unsubscribing to emails. It's time to break up with that weekly email from that random store you bought a shirt at five years ago. Be honest with yourself. You don't actually like the coupon code for a free one-night rental from Redbox. You just like the idea of it. So the next time you get an email from Domino's with an exclusive offer on medium pizzas, parentheses, takeout only, just do yourself a favor and scroll all the way down to hit that unsubscribe hyperlink and rid your inbox of that toxic energy. You'll thank me later. A covert team of immortal mercenaries are suddenly exposed and must now fight to keep their identity a secret, just as an unexpected new member is discovered in The Old Guard. Directed by Gina Prince by the Wood, which is an amazing last name, by the way. Screenplay by, by, by the Wood. Screenplay by Greg Rucka. Based on the graphic novel series by Greg Rucka. Oh. I hope I'm saying that name right. Principal cast is Charlize Theron, Kiki Lane, and Matthias Schoenertz. <laughs> I looked up, I always try to look up their names and then I completely forget. Like their pronunciation. Um, okay. 6.7 on IMDb. Which, okay, <laughs> I, I fucking hate IMDb. 81% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 70% on Metacritic. I don't have any, as we know for Netflix films, I don't have any budget, any opening weekend, and anything about that. So I actually, oh, I should have kept that in the movie news. But an interesting thing about that, <laughs> there's been some controversy about the way that Netflix and Hulu are um, reporting their numbers. Have you seen that? Not at all. What is it? So Hulu, I think Netflix is starting to do this saying like how many million people are watching a certain thing. But Hulu recently came out and said that Palm Springs had its biggest opening weekend. And people are like, okay, like, what does that mean? Like, that's all they said. They didn't give any numbers. They didn't give any like, I don't know. it's, It's so weird to like report on that as a streaming service. And people are like. Movie critics are just like, um, yeah, movie critics are starting to criticize, <laughs> starting to criticize um, like outlets like IndieWire and The Hollywood Reporter for reporting on stuff like that. Because they're, they're saying if you don't have the actual numbers, like if you had, if it was released in theaters, we would have the ticket sales and how well it did in theaters. But because we don't have that, you're just doing free PR for them. You yeah, know, it's like it's, it's, it's not, it's not really any sort of news. So I, that's just a little interesting tidbit. I didn't. I don't really have much to say about it other than that. Breaking news: the brother sister show had a wild opening weekend. Right, like we could just say that. I could just say that this our next episode had the biggest streaming numbers that we've ever seen. But like, what does that mean? Across all podcasts, <laughs> like, well, we could just say biggest numbers and we don't we can just not really go into detail about what that means you know oh the numbers they're there they're huge yeah i don't need to tell i don't need to show you i just they exist i saw the numbers they're big <laughs> huge <laughs> all right so let's get into the old guard um i was going to do so i'm trying this new thing starting with i think i did it with a social network where i just do deep dives in a bunch of stuff um, and I'm kind of watching it how um, this one professor made us watch The Matrix a while ago where I would I pause like so much during the movies now. But it's kind of interesting because it does give me a lot of context and maybe 
I, it's answering questions that I used to ask myself when I would watch movies like this. And so hopefully I'm giving answers to people that are curious. Um, but I was going to research this comic because I know it's a, it's a comic or graphic novel. Um, as we said, the screenwriter is actually the writer of the comic. Um, and I wanted to do some research on it, but I, I decided not to because I wanted to see how well the movie did about explaining the world and the characters. So we'll get back to my thoughts on that a little bit later, but that was just the decision process of not giving like a base level of what it's about. Basically. Mm -hmm. Were you familiar at all with the comics? Not at all. I didn't even know that they existed. Me neither, but I kind of am interested now. But Oh yeah, the premise is super awesome. Very interesting. But, so I <laughs> I say that, but I did have a strike one for this movie. Um, and it's the fact that it's over two hours long. But, that so that was the notes that I had at the beginning of this movie, but I kind of, I'm, I think I'm going to rescind that strike because it didn't feel like two hours to me. That's exactly what I was just about to say, but I also didn't watch it in the same sitting. So I did, but I did pause a lot, but even then the story still felt like it was very, um, succinct. Like it didn't feel like it was all over the place or that there was some scenes that I could cut out. It just, it felt like it used its time well. And it's kind of hard with comic books to like, or when you when you're basing something off of it and like adapted anything like a book or a comic book, it's kind of hard to like cut it into one movie. So I mean, I can't really speak on how well they adapted it because I'm not familiar with the comics. But to me, it felt like a really good summary of it. I guess it's a good uh, a good intro. Yeah, like, I feel like I understand a lot more. Mm-hmm. Than other adaptations. Yeah, know. exactly. All right, now into the movie. We start with a pile of dead bodies <laughs> and some exposition from Charlize. I, I call her Charlize in the beginning because I don't, I, it's hard for me with character names, but this movie actually did a really good job of it because by the end, I know exactly who everybody is. Um, so it looks like she's dead because she's shot straight in the head, but I'm guessing she isn't because. We so we're in that scene, and then we cut to Morocco, um, and she's looking cool as hell. God, she's she's truly the coolest woman alive. I think <laughs> she's so yeah, fucking I think so. Cool. <laughs> I want to be here so bad. Um, and then she gives another cool guy, which I think it's the Mateus actor, but his name in the actual movie is Booker or Booker. Book. So she gives him like some sort of she gives a booker a book and then um, they're talking about some hostage situation. They don't really get too much into it, um, but she says that she she doesn't seem interested. Like he seems super interested. He wants to help. Um, and she just does not. She says that she does. They don't do repeats because it's too risky is the quote that I found from her. So we already know that she since he's like going to her for approval, we can kind of see that she's the boss. And then. One of her friends actually does call her boss. So, but the way that she is acting with this guy, you can tell that she's in charge because he's asking her rather than being like, we we're doing this. He's like, should we? <laughs> um, and I do like this next scene where she 
is in a picture like some girls some dumb girl americans probably are like vacationing taking pictures and she ends up in the picture and <laughs> she offers to take a, like a group picture and she like deletes it of herself and honestly i'm using that move the next time somebody takes an ugly, uh, like an ugly picture of me Real but they're smooth. like but they're like, oh, but I look cute in it, so I'm going to keep it. And I'm like, okay, but like, let me take one of you solo and then just like delete it. <laughs> yeah, but then you got to make sure it's off of there recently deleted. They could just recover it. Anthony, I don't play any games. I already fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I even do you that on my to- own damn phone when I take a selfie that I hate. I'm like, not only am I deleting this, but it has to be wiped from my phone completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I cuz I know like I go into the cloud, I you know, I hack into it, I do all that. There okay. no bad pictures of me exist in the world, okay? I can guarantee you that. Okay. <laughs> um then after this they meet with some friends and that's when they keep calling her boss, so we know that she's the boss. Um I guess I can say their name. So Charlize, her name is Andy. She has a whole another name, but we're going to call her Andy. Um, and then there's Booker, which is her, the friend that we meet in the beginning. And then Nikki and Joe, who are the ones that they like meet up with. Um, and then they mention that it's been over a year since they've done anything. Whatever that thing is, we don't really know. And they have this interesting scene where she's looking, where Andy's looking at a TV and seeing the news and kind of seeing what's happening now <laughs> where it's just like bad news at like one after the other. It's just all bad shit. And she, she just looks done with it. I think she's, this is kind of a trope you see in a lot of superhero movies where they're, they're like, why am I saving this world when everybody is fucking terrible? You know? Um, yeah. Which at first I was like kind of annoyed by that. Like, cause to me that was a little overdone, but I don't know. It, it it obviously isn't at the end, but I like the way that they use that. But I kind of wish this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but I kind of wish they would have dug more into that because they make it a big deal of Andy is kind of hesitating about, you know, saving the world and be doing something great for people that seem ungrateful or, or just not not ungrateful, but that nothing is making a difference. And I don't think they flush that out as much as they could. Yeah. Especially towards the end. I mean, we'll get towards it, but. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I had to take some water. <laughs> um, and then they meet with Chuatel. I don't know his name in the movie. <laughs> it's like Cooper or something, right? Yeah. Okay, we'll call him oh. Cooper. Uh, actually, I don't think so. Well, Co- why are you... Cobley? Cobley? <laughs> Let me look it up. <laughs> look it up while I talk about him. So we meet him, and they're talking about this hostage situation because she decides that she's going to, you know, hear him out. Um, and it's a bunch of super young kids that are being held hostage, and then they eventually decide that they're going to take the job and fly to South Sudan. Um... Oh, and, and the way that they silently take out these guards is, like, fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. It's Copley. Copley. Okay, Copley. We'll call him Copley from now on. Because in my notes, I just call him Chiwetel. Um Yeah, so, and the way that they're silently just, like, taking out these guards, 
to me shows like how long they've been doing this. Not only how long they've been doing this, but how long they've been doing this together. They're a real team. And the choreography and the stunts in this movie are perfect. And it makes me so mad. I know that there's this, I forgot who it is exactly that's campaigning for this, but there's this campaign going around Hollywood to get a stunt category at the Oscars. Oh yeah. I mean, and the fact that there isn't one is, is insane. Cause these are people that make or break a movie, but they also, a lot of them die during the like process of making movies. They put a lot on the line. Speaking of though. So, but according to Charlize and Kiki Lane, the two leads of this movie, most of the stunts were done by the main actors, but still there's so much, choreography that has to be made for them to do and when they do choreography um when they were training for this movie they have to train with they they don't train with each other at the beginning they train with other stunt coordinators so there's just so much going into this movie um and it makes sense to have your actors do it because we'll get into it a little bit later but there's a lot of the scenes i don't think it would make it wouldn't look good if it was somebody else Cause then you could kind of tell that it's like, you know, the way that they, they film stunts when it's, they don't want to show the face, but you can clearly see it's not the actor. Yeah. Backs towards camera. Yeah. So they do this big, um, taking out of everybody, but then it's a trap. And that actually did surprise me, even though this, this is the beginning of the movie, but I like totally forgot about that. So this did surprise me a lot. I might just be dumb, but it surprised me. Um, And then they get shot up so many fucking times. And that's when I'm like, oh, this is the beginning. (laughs) And then they all heal and it looks disgusting the way that they heal. Oh, the bullets coming out of their their wounds. Yeah. And that's when I realized too, like, oh, so I thought that they did that to like stun them because it obviously... They're immortal. They have. They're immortal, and that's when we find out that they're immortal. But it, it like does take them out. You know, it does. It's not like it just bounces off. Like it, it does not kill them, but it like they knocks do die, them out. But they yeah, come back. Exactly. So that's what I thought they were doing, and that's why they shot them so many times. I thought that they were like trying to knock them out so they can, you know, do something. But you find out that they don't even know that they could do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, And I have actually my first little deep dive about immortality because I was trying to think back to the first time that I had been introduced to immortality in films. Overall, I have no idea, probably a book or something. But I think the first time I'd seen somebody that was immortal in a movie was Wolverine. Oh, I don't. Do you know, like, can you go back into your mind (laughs) and see? Oh, wow. Let me let me think about it. You go into your deep dive. Yeah. So it did make me go down a rabbit hole about immortality in fiction. And I found on Wikipedia, it says that immortality in fiction explores humanity's deep seated fears and comprehension of its own mortality. Immortal beings and species abound in fiction, especially in fantasy fiction. And the first recorded fictional immortal is a character called the Wandering Jew who was a mythical immortal man whose legend began to spread in Europe in the 13th century. The original legend concerns a Jew who taunted Jesus on the way to the crucifixion and was then cursed to walk the earth until the second coming. Whoa. 
Yeah, I, I I was curious whenever I was reading about, you know, immortality and they do that. Wikipedia has a really cool um, article or like paragraph in the immortality and fiction like page that talks about all these characters that are immortal. They they also still have something that can harm them. So it talks about kryptonite. Um, it talks about how immortal like like vampires they there's certain you know um they're immortal to a certain extent and that's when we find out like i was curious like oh i wonder if this movie has that and we do see we'll get into that i keep saying this but they do explain it later like what the um limits to their immortality is which is very interesting to me because i don't think i've ever heard one like this movie does never and i just remembered uh what i think my first experience or seeing immortality or the, th- the first thing that came to mind is harry potter with voldemort oh and how he's like like how you said he's kind of immortal but he still has his weakness and he still can die so i guess it's i don't know is there really true immortality in fiction i feel like there's always like a he can get got or they can get got. <laughs> yeah. And, but that's the thing about fiction though, is that immortality is just boring. You know, there always has to be that kryptonite or whatever, that very specific thing that can make them less immortal, you know? Yeah. Cause then there's it, no conflict. Was it Nick who says like whatever lives has to die or something similar mm-hmm. to that? Yeah. <clears throat> All right, and so we get to oh, and um, another aside about this first scene was that it was actually really complicated to make because the actors didn't learn the choreog the choreography together. The rehearsals Whoa. were made apart, so the mar- the male actors did all of their rehearsal in London, and then Charlize did hers in L.A. And then they put it together the first time to shoot the scene. Still had some adjustments to make, and according to one of the actors, they spent a week shooting it. And probably 3,000 of the shots at least were made to complete. Oh, those Dang. are the ones. But yeah. So, not easy. No. Dang. Respect. And I wonder, too. I wonder if... Because I, I, we were talking about... Um, or I was thinking about maybe Atomic Blonde the other day. Mm-hmm. And, like, she must be... I wonder if she could, like, severely beat somebody up. Oh, I'm sure. Like that, that training definitely sticks. I'm sure, especially Atomic Blonde. Like that one fight scene. That's a one. It's like a um, what's it called? It's just in one shot. Do you know what I'm? Which one I'm talking about? One take. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. We one take. Like you can see her getting tired, getting exhausted, <laughs> and like. Dude, that is one of the best fight scenes I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's awesome. This one has a lot of good ones, too. So Copley, that's his name, right? Copley? Yeah. I'm going to call him that. So Copley set them up, which was another shock to... Well, actually, not really. I don't <laughs> know. I, I think because I, I kind of tied the dots, because as soon as he said... As soon as he mentioned that his wife died, I was like, oh, it's going to be about like his wife or something. Um, and I, well, what I thought at this point was that she was still alive, and but she was dying. But that ends up not being true, but it's okay. She did. Um, So it looks like he wanted to catch them and he had a hunch. He had a hunch at this point based on 
<laughs> this really funny Civil War looking painting of Charlize. <laughs> it made me kind of giggle. I mean, I do, I do love this movie, but it was like, that was a little, uh, some of the images that they used was kind of like cheesy. Definitely cheesy. Um, and the, the like flashbacks. Oh, yeah. That was kind of funny. <laughs> but it is an interesting... At this point, I was I, I did make it... I did make the, like, connection about, like, her... That the hero of the story being fed up with the world that she's chosen to try to save. I... I do think that's an interesting concept. Um, but like I said, I, I wish they would have spent more time on it. And I don't know if that means like another movie, but I don't know. It just felt really like her rolling her eyes at the TV screen. That was the only indication that it felt like that she was like fed up. I guess. I mean, movie. her overall attitude. Yeah. She kind of shifted uh, whenever. I think this is when they find out that there's a new one. There's yeah, a new so, immortal person. So that's a good. So the audience ourselves are in Afghanistan. And this is when we're not with the the old guard. I think that's what they're called. <laughs> that's when we're not with them. Um, and we see we were in a new setting with a new soldiers. Wow, that was a dumb sentence. But we're following soldiers that are going through a bunch of homes in Afghanistan. They're looking for a man um, and they find him and he like cuts her throat like really badly like it kind of made me jump how it was gross it looked. yeah um and then she so it looks like she's dying and one of the girls that's there is like holding her neck and it's really like traumatic but we jump to the team like you said where they have visions of this girl and i do love this part where I think that was my biggest question is like, how the fuck did they find each other? But we find out that it's because they all like have, they wake up, it's like they wake up from a bad dream and they all have the same vision and they yeah, all have really, like different, sorry, go on. You explain this scene. No, I really like the the way that they did it and the, mm-hmm. like the, the concept where they kind of are dreaming about each other and they see what the other people have seen. Um, like sort of glimpses and they, they wake up cause they're in like a train, uh train car and they wake up mm-hmm. and they're trying to pick and see what, whatever they grabbed. Cause one of them's like, Oh, I saw a name tag and I saw uh, like the weapon that they use They're They're in this place, you know? And they were like, just kind of trying to find because they hadn't seen a new one in over like 200 years, a new mm-hmm. immortal person. And then I think it's, Joe is the one that he's like drawing whatever they're talking about. I loved that scene where they're all just like, what did you see? And what did you see? That was such a cool little scene. Yeah. I really like that. (laughs) I also love that. They just like, they wanted to go get her. And then Charlie or Andy is like, no, I'll I'll fucking do it. And she's so (laughs) upset. She's like, why now? (laughs) That's like me with everything in the news. Every time I see another thing, I'm like, why right now? Why? Um, <laughs> and she they give her the little drawing and she's like okay and she jumps off the train and just starts walking and i'm like how the fuck does she know where to go but <laughs> she's been around yeah um and then we go back to this whole scene made me so angry so we go back to where this new character's name is niall which is also a very fucking cool name um and she's like in a hospital or 
she's on a base and like in there it's not really a hospital it's like a med like a med med tent or whatever um and she is fine she has a bandage but like it's not bleeding and when we see her next she like doesn't have any sort of cut on her and i understand the friend that like the friend that she said she saw her die and she was just like so confused i understand being confused but why is she mad She's like, how dare you not die? Like, it, it's so weird to me that she's mad. I'm going to make sure you're dead. <sighs> so strange. And then we we cut between a bunch of scenes. So we cut to another scene of some presentation. And <laughs> I was shook when I saw that fucking Dudley was on screen. <laughs> That's his name, right? In Harry Potter? Yes. That's- Did you not know that? Okay, so uh, like I said last episode, I watched some of this movie with dad while I was working. And he was like, isn't this the kid from Harry Potter? And I thought he was talking about Neville. And I was like, "Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) And I just like, throughout this movie, I was like, man, who is that? But wow. Fucking Dudley. What a villain. I think it's the name. I'm going to call him Dudley. Um, But yeah, that was my next thing is like, oh, he's always going to be a bad guy, huh? Like, (laughs) he's never going to be just like a sweet. He looks weird, thin character. (laughs) I don't know if that's bad to say, but (laughs) no, he I mean, when you're so used to like a way a person looks, he just is he has I don't know. He's one of those guys. I feel like he's just always going to be a bad guy. Yeah. In any movie. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else, though. So it was very strange to see him. Because I also did not know he was in this movie. I also didn't know Chiwetel Ejiofor was in this movie either. So uh, there was a bunch of surprises that were happening. Yeah. Um, so after that, like, we can tell now that Copley is working with, um, I think his name is Merrick, is the guy, is Dudley. Yeah. Um. So they're working together. It's already a bad, already a bad idea. Um. And then we cut back to the soldiers. And again, they're upset. She like walks, they tell her she has to leave because they're going to test her in Germany. And then she goes to her, like, um, I don't know what you call it, her barracks, maybe. I think that's what you call it. She goes to like her living quarters <laughs> and they're mad. I'm just like, how, why are they mad? I'm so confused. But it's okay. Whatever. <laughs> like, I feel like for me, I would be concerned. I'd be like, so like, girl, what? I saw you die. Like, what? <laughs> yeah that it didn't make sense to me either that's one of the things i didn't like about this movie yeah that scene was kind of strange all right and then so she's about to leave but then andy shows up somehow she gets on a military base (laughs) and then she just fucking takes a car and or takes a humvee she just leaves and then she tells her about her band of cool immortal people um yeah i don't really have much to say about the way that like the scene of her taking her i it was <laughs> it was shocking when she like shot her yeah um that was kind of funny though because like she's immortal so whatever but i do love so they're finally on a plane because she is just like knows some shady people i guess so they're on the plane and i do love the way that we finally like we see their um dynamic And I also love the difference in them. So as we've said, like Andy is obviously super fucking old and the, 
there's a scene or there's a part in the plane scene where there's turbulence and Andy's just like sitting there, just like does not give a shit. And then Niall, though, is like freaking out and holding on to stuff. And it does make it it's like a slight just little like slight little things about the characters that makes the whole moral thing a little bit more believable. The fact that Andy's just like downing some vodka and <laughs> holding on like so effortlessly while the plane is like moving so fucking fast. And yeah, I just love that part. Mm hmm. Um, and I do have an interesting, fun fact about this fighting scene between Andy and Niall, because it was the first sequence to be shot in the entire movie. Uh, nice. Theron was nervous because it was the first week of shooting and the character was new and things were still being adjusted. Oh, because uh, Charlize is actually a producer on this movie, too. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and yeah, this is the first movie that she's produced, too, I think. Because she has cool. a production company, but this is the first one that she herself has produced. Um, and the girl that plays Niall, she she was also nervous because she had never done anything like this in a movie. She, I don't know if you've seen um, her in many things, Kiki Lane, but the last thing I saw her in was um, Beale Street. That's, oh man. Yeah. That's where she's from. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So such a different <laughs> role than this one. Very um, different tone. Yeah. And then, so Charlize explained to Variety that it was done on purpose for them to, uh, for them to do this scene the way that they did it and the timing that they did it, because the whole scene was to set, it would, it would set the tone for the whole relationship between those two characters. And as we can tell from here now on, um, it's mainly just about them two and their dynamic um, yeah. And now we end up in France where she meets the whole gang and they make, so I do like this little joke that they make when, so she, she's like, well, I thought we were going to Paris. And she said, well, we're in, I don't know how to say it, but we're in Goosenville is how I'm going to say it. And she makes a joke about it being abandoned or she says it's abandoned and Niall's like, Why? And then a loud ass plane passes by. <laughs> but there's a little bit more to the story on this. So Goosenville was the site of the crash of a plane during the 1973 Paris air show, which led to the deaths of all six people on board and eight more on the ground. And it was also less than six kilometers from another city, which is another site of a crash in 2000. But in seventeen nine or seventeen in nineteen seventy four, so a year after that air show, and a year after that deadly crash, an airport opened really like really close next to it, putting the small commune directly in the flight path of the busy airport. The constant noise was a major disturbance and acted as a constant reminder of the deadly crash. Damn! What the hell? Because I to me I was like, why? Like we lived in. Air Force bases, so we kind of, I can understand the, like, loudness of an airplane, but to me, it was never that bad, but I guess it's a little bit different when your small city was, like, um, terrorized by a, an airplane <laughs> crash, and then you constantly hear an airplane <laughs> going back and forth. So I, yeah. that was an interesting little thing that I found on uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, it puts more, some, some more context. Yeah, yawn straight into your mind. <laughs> Yeah, you can hear these high-def yawns now. <laughs> All right. Um, so now she meets the whole team, and they talk about 
how old they are. But Andy, and this is another thing throughout the movie that she just constantly avoids how like saying how old she is. I was waiting for them to have the joke. Never ask a woman how old they are or something like that. I was waiting for it, but I'm so glad it didn't come. Oh, me too. I was, I also was waiting for it and I was like bracing myself, but I actually found, I don't, I don't know if this is fact, but, um, Charlize Theron herself said that Andy is over 6,000 years old. Wow. Yeah. There's some speculation, but I included the one that the actress said. So take what you want from that. Um, Oh, and this is too, when we find out that they can in fact die. Mm -hmm. Man, Basically how they die is just like, it's kind of just like us. (laughs) Like it just happens. Like one, if you get, wounds like sometimes or i think she said that she saw one where this guy got a bunch of wounds and he just did not heal so that's just what happens is one day you just lose your immortality and you don't know why and you don't know when Mm -hmm. and i put like that's scary but i also guess that's kind of like (laughs) well i don't know it's 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 different for us because we know we know that's gonna happen but like for them they know it's gonna happen but they don't know when it could be like sick it could be like a thousand years from now it could be six thousand that's just that's very interesting to me and i've never seen that in a movie before yeah never that's crazy and then niall asked what i was thinking because i was like well then does that doesn't that mean that she could have killed her when she shot her in the head yeah (laughs) but she did tell her that the younger that the younger your immortality is the less likely you are to die which makes sense, but still. <laughs> what a ri- but that is so risky, though, to like. That when they go through all these fights, like it, it adds such a it's such a smart thing because it's not added for the movie. It was in the comic book, but that's such a smart thing to do for any sort of story, because even though like for Wolverine, for example, when he gets shot in the head, we know the bullet's going to come out. But for these characters, you don't know. Mm-hmm. They can get shot in the head and just never wake up. So that's the interesting that's- thing. And we see that a couple of times where they do get like roughed up and like <laughs> one of the guys, and we get into it a little bit later, but his like whole entire stomach is just fucking hanging out and you have to wait to see if he's going to heal. <laughs> so it does add a, it's a very smart way to add some gravity to these people that are seemingly untouchable. Um. And then Niall dreams about a woman and she explains that she dreams about her in an iron coffin under the sea. And they tell her that she's actually dreaming about one of the first immortals that Andy found. And this story is fucking terrifying to me. (laughs) So there, do you want to explain what happened? I don't know exactly when it happened, (laughs) but uh, a long time ago, essentially it was during the like witch trials, right? Yeah. They were captured and obviously because they're immortal and they died, but just came back after being hung that they were going to burn them alive, except that they took the other immortal and put her in an iron coffin and threw it into the ocean. And she's just been there and she dies, she drowns and then just comes back and then drowns again and then just comes back. And it's been like that for 500 years. I think they said something like that. So scary. 
that's why they don't want to get captured so they can't get stuck in a box for all of eternity seemingly yeah and that's why they're that's why it's so important to her that like the whole picture thing at the beginning it's so important that they're not found because especially like Merrick we can kind of they don't they don't really say it explicitly I don't think but we can tell that he just wants to like take their DNA and to take their DNA you have to just like actually take it and like cut pieces of them and just basically torture them he's in pharma if I don't oh. know if we made that clear yeah which is he's so obviously he's a bad guy classic um, Dudley <laughs> But then, so they're sleeping, but then, uh-oh, they find them. <laughs> and then, that's, I think, uh, Niall and Andy are, like, outside. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. They're outside, but then they, the Merrick people, the, like, guards or whatever the fuck they're called, they come and take Nikki and Joe. And you know what? I should have noticed that this was, like, suspect, because why would they just, like, why would they not take him? But now we know why. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Me neither until this very moment. But I did think about that kind of where I was like, why would they? Did they just think that they killed him? They blew why him up, would they though. not take him? They blew up Booker. He, he was yeah. the one with his guts all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. But then we see. So <laughs> that's when Andy like leaves and she's like, I'll give you a signal. And I do, this is kind of cheesy though, this part when uh, Niall is like, what the fuck does that mean? Because that happens in a lot of movies where he's like, oh, but you'll see, you'll know when the signal is happening. Like that's you'll kind know of when you know. You yeah. know the right moment when, when it comes. <laughs> and she just like eviscerates all the people in that fucking church. And that axe is cool. The like battle axe that she has. I read that it's an ancient axe that like only I think only women would use in battle or something like that. That's even there's cooler. some historical significance to it. There's a lot of historical significance in this movie, but or in this comic book, I think. But yeah. Um so yeah, she just like embarrasses all of them. <laughs> but then we see I do love this moment of um Joe and Nikki his little monologue about it, it was kind of not cheesy well a little bit but the little monologue that he has i think it's joe he has a little monologue about nikki because he's like the guys are making fun he's like oh is this your boyfriend um and then he's like no he's everything to me like he, he's just like it's like this i hate i just hate that this monologue made me tear up is what i'm trying to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that was nice. no, it's really good but it made me emotional. And I also love um, the scene. So they, they're they taking them. And then whenever they get to wherever they're going, I guess Merrick's place, they open the van and they're all like the guards are just all on the floor. <laughs> yeah. God, I love them. But yeah, then they take Nikki and Joe to Dudley and he's a fucking little dickling. And... Or Andy and Booker, I don't know where the hell they go. They go to like some place that she has where she just has like a bunch of art and shit. Like <laughs> she's like, I used to keep some stuff here. <laughs> it's yeah. like a fucking statue. <laughs> but she's still bleeding on her shoulder. She's not healing. 
Oh, so scary. But then she go. I love the scene too, where she goes to like a CVS and she, she's never had to like, um, I never thought, I didn't think of this, but she's never had to patch herself up. So she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. <laughs> she just like goes and just puts a bunch of random shit in her cart. And the yeah. girl there is like, do you need help? Helps yeah. her. I, don't, I didn't really get why this, I mean, it kind of speaks to that whole thing you were talking about where like she's a hero, but she's done with saving the world. And I guess that CVS lady kind of was like, you, I'm going to help you here and you go help someone else. Like that's how this works. That's how it should work. Yeah. And I guess I mean, she gets motivation from that. I don't know. Yeah. And it kind of alludes to at the end, the whole, what Copley, his whole motivation was. Yeah. I, I, we keep saying this, but we can get into it later. But yeah, it mirrors that where she's like, like that whole thing of when I, if I were to help you. And she does actually. So she helps patch her up and maybe she wouldn't have died from that wound, but she didn't, she doesn't know how powerful Andy is and the, like the person that she is, you know? So she doesn't in, in a way is proving her point <laughs> where she's like, I'll help you. And then you're going to like, do a bunch of great things. I don't know. I guess a good way to look at the world. You don't know what's going to happen from that whole like kindness thing. You know, the, the, what is it called? Like pass it on or something. I've never done it as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Booker takes this time to tell Niall about watching his children die. And another interesting, this movie has a lot of interesting perspectives that I've never really thought about. Um, and here's one of them about immortals is that, the people around them are when they're dying, like he, he gives an example of his kid. I think he said the last kid to die was in his forties and he died from cancer. And an interesting thing about that is that when he was, when his child was dying, he was angry at his dad because of this whole idea of his immortality and the fact that he's keeping it to himself, I think is what he said. And I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, he can't really pass it on to anybody, but it is interesting to think about. Because I For, think I, I'm trying to put myself in the perspective of the kid to like look at my dad and be like, why you when I'm sick? You know, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's kind of hard to blame him when you're dying. And it seemed like it was a long time ago. So it doesn't have, he didn't have the same sort of medicine or opportunity that you have now. Yeah, I think Booker became immortal in like 1812, I think they said. Uh, so the time was definitely different. Oh, that's another thing too that's interesting about this these immortals is that they don't it's not that they come from immortal people. They just randomly become immortal and they're not born that way either. So that's another interesting thing. Yeah, I think uh Joe and Nick were from the Crusades, which is like they're like living history kind of and there i read a little bit about their like love story their origin <laughs> because i think one of them is like a, was a christian and one of them was a muslim and they were like they kept killing each other but then they kept like not dying and so eventually they just like fell in love i don't know i would read into their history because that was like an interesting little tidbit to read about <laughs> um hold up let me okay so now we're at merrick's place where they're testing them and they're just like 
ruthlessly taking parts of these people. It's really scary. And he says too, Merrick ta- is talking to, I think, Copley about this, where he wants to lock them up for years and just basically torture them because he's telling him like, it's just because we have them now doesn't mean we'll know exactly what to do with their DNA. So he's like, it could take years or decades, which is so yeah. scary. <laughs> to up. just the idea of being locked up and being tortured for that long because they can still feel pain. It's they mm-hmm. just like whenever they die, they can feel it. Oh, so scary. Yeah, I think Booker is like, even though we don't, what's the quote? Even though we, I don't know. He says something like that. <laughs> Basically, that they still feel pain. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then they eventually, Booker eventually finds where Nikki and Joe are. And as soon as they get there, Niall's like, yeah, I can't do this. Like, why does she wait until they get there? Yeah, right. Save them some <laughs> some gas. Yeah. And then left in the, car. the thing I do like, though, is Andy's like, OK, whatever. <laughs> She's like, you can go. And as whenever I do love this part, whenever Niall is leaving and she's, she's I think she's about to get rid of the weapons or something. And she takes so her and Andy's before she leaves, they basically switch weapons and she takes the gun out to try to like take the ammo out. And there's nothing in there. And it's the gun that Booker's bitch ass gave to her. This was another thing that shocked me. I had no fucking idea that he would double cross them. Yeah. It blew my and mind. I was so confused as to why too, at this moment, I, it, it blew my mind as well. I was like, why the fuck would he do this? And then Booker. also Booker's a stupid name. Everyone else has cool names except for Booker. <laughs> I like Booker because then she calls him Book, and that's kind of cool. That's stupid. I hate that. I like it. Whatever. All right, Book. <laughs> Why, Book? Why would you do this, Book? That's so stupid, <laughs> man. Jesus. Now you're as passionate <laughs> about that as I was about the people that don't wear masks. Yeah. <laughs> Book is a stupid name. I'm just anyways playing. her and book they get to or she gets to copley's like <laughs> um his office and i laughed as soon as i saw it because it made me think of the it's always sunny meme where charlie has like a bunch of stuff on the wall and he's like mm. looks crazy yeah um but he eventually he like tells them about how he became obsessed with them after his wife died um and he just has like a bunch of information about all of them. And Book did it. He like told he basically turned them in because he wants he said like that was a I should have wrote it down, but there was like a really heartbreaking line that he said where he's like, Well, if he figures out why we're immortal, then he can reverse it. And that was so sad to me. But I did like the motivation. I, I was so mad at him, obviously. But in his mind, he thinks he's doing something good for them. He thinks that this is a burden. Which I see why, especially when he's talking about his, like, him seeing his children die, you know, like that. I do. I love that motivation of him turning on them. I don't I don't agree with it, obviously. And I think he's a little he's a bitch for doing that. But I do like that motivation. I feel like that was really um reasonable not reasonable it makes sense yeah makes a lot of sense um but 
we're in a little bit trouble because Andy is not healing. She has like some sort of, I think she got shot or something, but one of her wounds is just not healing. She's bleeding everywhere. And they find out that she's not immortal anymore. Cause <laughs> Copley's like, why is she not healing? <laughs> hmm. Um, and then I think Merrick takes them, obviously Booker is such a fucking idiot. So he takes them and then Niall, because she found out that Booker um, crossed them, she goes to Copley and he tells her that he like shows her all the stuff that he, all the research that he'd been doing. And it goes back to that whole conversation that Andy had with the CVS lady where there's so many good things that have come from all of like what they've done. Like, I think he said like, some lady that Andy saved like so long ago had a grandson that discovered how to control diabetes and just like all these things that she did that were she she saved people and they like ended up saving a bunch of people. So it does it does go back to that whole conversation. But like this whole thing, though, like he knows all of this happened and all the good that they've done, yet he still gave them up. Like what? <laughs> you whack for that. Yeah, but he does take Niall to where they are and he helps her like go to the elevator or whatever. And she's like, he wants to go with her. She's like, just fucking stay here. <laughs> You've done enough. And she eventually does get to the rest of them and gets them out. And I think this scene of them trying to get to Merrick is my favorite scene of the entire movie. Because the way they move as a team is so fucking fluid. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so well done. I feel like I, I need to watch it again because it just felt like a like a dance. Like it felt so. Uh, yeah, I don't know how else to explain other than fluid. I wish I could do that. Yeah, let's work on it. Oh God, let's clear a room together. Clear a room. <laughs> That's what they called it, right? Yeah. Um. Oh, and then so they get to Merrick. And they eventually do kill him. And I think there's this, I don't know when they have this talk. Oh, so they have this talk whenever they're about to go into the final room, the final boss, wherever Merrick is. And then Andy tells Niall that she, she thinks that they came into their, that she came into their lives right as Andy was losing her immortality. So she could remind her that people are still worth saving. So going back to the whole, like her being fed up with people, this is, a good reminder that people like the the world is still worth saving basically a and she just reminded her why for. she oh she <laughs> just reminded her why she did why she does all these things for so long cuz i mean when you're alive for 6000 fucking years i do i can I kind of understand being just like fed up you know, <laughs> it's like you have a long day at work and you're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> but it's yeah. 6,000 years later. And eventually they do um, kill Merrick's bitch ass. I don't really have will, any notes about that. I will say the way Joe kills that special forces guy. Mm. Wild. That was, I, that was awesome. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So like because he he shot Nikki like in the face or, so, or in the mouth or something. And of course, Joe was like, I'm not fucking taking that shit. <laughs> Do you want to explain how he did it? <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it, man. He just like, oh, he, I, when he I saw that, neck. 
Ugh. I had to watch it like five times, honestly. I, I think that I like gasped. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. No neck has ever been that in that degree. Dude, he twisted that shit like a fucking. <laughs> he like threw him over Man, his he, back and then he cracked he... him like a glow stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was rough. Oh, you gotta watch it. Um, so I gotta get a chiropractor to do that to my neck, but not kill me because my neck hurts. Honestly, that's what I like, when I see videos of <laughs> people getting readjusted at chiropractors. That's what it looks like to me, and I'm so scared. I want to find the frame of his neck and just his head oh parallel to the ground and his body perpendicular to it. Dude, that oof. The noise I need to too. Watch that. I wish they would have done after that. I wish they would have had a shot of all the team being like, holy shit, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you okay, man? Man. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about that scene. So after that, they meet at this pub. And there's a little fun fact about this pub. So the London Riverside pub that features that's featured in the movie is the famous prospect of Whitby, otherwise known as the Devil's Tavern. It remains one of the oldest pubs in London, with the site dating back to 1520, making this a fitting place for the main characters to meet in London. And they do Ooh. pause on like some sort of plaque. And I was going to read it, but I was like, eh. I think yeah, I, I was like, that's probably important. But <laughs> I think that's that the fun fact I just read. I think that's basically the gist of whatever that was. Um, so they're meeting at this pub because they're trying to decide what to do with Booker. And <laughs> I I love this scene because I, I feel like there's a lot of movies where this happens, where they cross somebody and then at the end they just like forgive them. But I like that they decide not to. And Andy goes out to tell him what he's sentenced to. And boy, <laughs> he's sentenced to 100 years alone. She said, in a hundred years, they're going to meet you back here. And that's it. Because she'll be dead. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Because they basically said goodbye because she lost her immortality. So she's not going to be there. Oh, my gosh. When they hug, I. So, OK, so I started watching this yesterday on my laptop. And then today I was I was like, I got to finish this movie. So I watched it on my phone. And I forgot on my phone I have captions, but on, on my laptop I don't. And right as they hugged, like it was like super intense because he's like, he is like, this is the last time I'm gonna see you. And <laughs> the, the the caption, because obviously they show what music plays for people who can't listen. It says silence by marshmallow. <laughs> In this like, pivotal moment, these two characters <laughs> realize that they're never going to see each other again. And then silence by Marshmallow. I couldn't stop laughing. I had to pause. I laughed so hard. Just the timing. That's funny. The music in this movie, I don't, do you have anything to say about it? I don't really, there were some scenes where I was like, uh, I don't know if we need lyrics right now. It was like typical oh, action yeah. movie music so nothing nothing that got me excited um so after that we finally oh they finally get to see what they did i love this scene where um they go to copley's office and they start to see everything laid out which 
I guess I didn't realize, but that they'd never, they like did stuff like this, but then they never really got to see like what, see it all together or see exactly the magnitude of what they did. Yeah. And I do like too, where Andy's like, all right, now um, you're working for us, ho. <laughs> yeah. Because she brings, they bring the the flashback of her getting, like, having a picture taken because she's like, right now, it's fucking impossible to not exist, which is very true. I, I think it'd be really hard for somebody to just completely be off the grid, especially people like them that are doing, that are basically superheroes. It's kind of hard not to take notice of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he, he is tasked with erasing their footprint, but also finding them jobs that they could like do basically. He's kind of like a, what, what's the equivalent of him for like a Marvel thing? He's like Nick Fury kind of. Oh yeah. So that, and then after this, I was like ready to, you know, end the movie, but then we have a six months later scene and I was so fucking excited. Booker is a damn mess. And I was like, Oh, he's probably going to be the villain in the next one. And then there's some girl at his place, and boy, I like fucking screamed. It's fucking uh, Quinn, the lady in the in the iron box that got put in the water that was just dying on repeat for 500 years. Dude, I was so excited when I saw that because because Andy gave up on her. Like they searched for for a oh, long yeah. time, but they gave that up. That was kind of I forgot about that. We didn't really mention that that she she broke her promise to her but i mean i don't know who knows but we'll a see she's gonna be fucking mad <laughs> a good cliffhanger oh i loved it and i it's i think it's one of the ones because i feel like in marvel or a lot of the scenes like that well first of all i love that it wasn't at the end of the fucking credits like those are ridiculous and i'm getting tired of those but I think this is the first one in a while where I understood what was happening. Cause there's so many times where I've seen one. Like I think the last one was Venom. And I had to ask Sebastian, I was like, who mm-hmm. the fuck is that? Like what's going on? Yeah. So this it was nice to be like actually in on what was happening. And yeah, now that's... I'm excited for I guess that's the first fun fact I can talk about that um let me find it. <laughs> So the graphic novel that originated the film, The Old Guard Force Multiplied, has four issues, so fans can expect this movie to have sequels. At least a second one is already in Netflix's pipeline with signed contracts by all the main characters. Awesome. That'll be really cool. I like this more than I thought I would, because after watching what I did with Dad, I was like, man, this is cheesy, but <laughs> I liked it better than I thought I would. So that's my I- final thought. I absolutely loved it. I am a I am officially obsessed with this series now. Are you going to start reading the the novel? Probably not because I have a lot of books to read. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't be. I'm not annoyed that they're going to make another one. I actually want another one. Oh okay. Because there's like there's so many stakes. There's the whole Quinn shit. Like what's going on with her? The fact that Andy can now die. And she's probably going to die in the next one. I don't know. I just, I, I really love the way this movie was made. And I hope that they keep um, the director because she did an amazing job. Yeah. I also really like that. They just weren't in America. Like, they just hated America. Yeah. <laughs> they hated it, but it's just like, I don't, we don't know, need to be there right it. now. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. So I have a couple of fun facts and then we can talk about the movie some more. Mm -hmm. Since 2014 and up to this film in 2020, Charlize Theron has acted in minimum two movies a year, which is still not enough to me. Um, I wonder what the other one is for this year. Wasn't it a a long shot or the one? No, that was last year. Uh, Then I got no clue. Hmm. Year's not over. The Old Guard is based on the graphic novel of the same name by Greg Rucka, who also wrote this movie. He's known for Wonder Woman, Lazarus, and the Stumptown comics, who won many prizes writing for DC and Marvel Universes, and all the drawings are by Argentinian designer Leonardo Fernandez, who also did The Punisher. The story follows Andy, or Andromica, who leads a group of immortals. So if you want to read more about this movie or read more about the story, then there's stuff available. Um, I don't know what that one is. When they travel to England, they go to Surrey. Harry Potter lived in Fort Pivot, no, Privet Drive in a town in Surrey. Harry Melling, who plays Merrick, played Dudley Dursey, Harry Potter's cousin. Oh, the last one that I found was that Netflix launched a game based on the movie and whoever wins, I think today they announce a winner. Whoever wins gets free Netflix for life. Why did I not know? What, what's the game? Um, I don't know. I think it's a PC game. Man. But, well, okay. So it says for life. So it's like you get an immortal subscription as the whole like premise of it, but it's actually wow. for 83. It's, it's for 83 years, but still it's a long time. Um, let me see. I don't know. It's just some game on PC. Damn. That's cool. That was a really cool marketing thing that I found. Yeah. I, I mean, final thoughts. Like I've said, I, I, I also was very surprised about how much I love this movie because I didn't know anything about it. All I knew was that it existed. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, Good I pick. loved it. So excited to talk about it. All right. Any final thoughts or do you want to go on to your pick? Uh, I said what I needed to say. All right. What are we doing? All right. Since next episode is, I mean, It'll be after our one year, but uh, I feel like it, it's a good episode to, to celebrate it. We are going to revisit a story, Creep 2. Oh, okay. Yeah, our second episode ever. Obviously, we can't go watch Stuber again. or I don't think there's going to be a sequel, but Creep, our second episode, does have a sequel. And we did talk a little bit about it. But yeah, Creep 2, I thought it'd be fitting to celebrate our one year revisiting Creep. I was I was prepared for an interstellar pick. No, I meh, that that'll <laughs> be That's coming, don't worry. Okay. I'm excited because I think so Creep, I forgot that we even talked about that movie. <laughs> There's some movies where I'm like, oh, that would be such a good movie to talk about. And we're like, already did it. But yeah, and this is one of the movies where I I love the sequel. Yeah, it's a good one. 
Ooh, okay, I'm excited. It should be fun. So go listen to that one before you listen to the next one or watch the movie or anything. Thank you guys for listening. I don't know. Is there anything else you have? Um, follow us on Instagram at Brother Sister Show and Twitter at Bro Sis Show. Wear a mask. Stay safe.